That girl sang that song just now. Everybody stand to your feet and clap those hands. Let's have some church. All in the balcony, clap those Something happens when you call a name. Y'all better watch out. Try, I'm trying not to get lost in the moment. Something happens when you call the name. I dare you to look at somebody and say, just try it one time. What's his name? Come on, look at somebody. Something happens. Lift those hands. Let the words of our mouth and the meditations of our heart be acceptable in your sight. For you, Lord, <laughs> that name, Jesus, that's greater than any other name, supersedes the name Trump, is the name Jesus. Jesus puts Trump in his place. Woo! Something about the name Jesus. Have your way, Lord. Move in a mighty way. Bless this service and these words. In your name we pray and give thanks. And all the folk that know how to call on his name, say amen. 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 Cross the aisles and touch somebody and say, Jesus, come on and call him. Somebody ought to call him. there for just one moment. Excuse us, but I was raised, Brother Lewis, that when you didn't know what to do or you don't know who to call,
called Jesus. Didn't have very many theological words in our vocabulary, but we had one word, one name that superseded all names. When you don't know what to do or who to call, call. can push you just out of your message. Ooh, I've got a sermon to preach, but just to get on the devil's nerve, one last time, throw that head back, open your mouth, and shout to the top of your lungs, Jesus. Folk used to say, demons tremble. <laughs> oh, y'all hold it right there. Just hold it. No. Just hold it. We aren't going there this morning. Amen. Woo. Something about the name of Jesus. And in the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow. Name of the Lord is a strong tower. Ha -ha. Righteous run therein. They are saved. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Put your hands together for the choir. God bless you. Sister Tender, you sung that song. You. Thank you, choir. There's a word from the Lord as we began this brand new series of messages. Amen. To this point in this year, 2018, we have talked about the harvest. And since January 1st, in fact, since December 31st, watch night service. We have spoke of the harvest from the perspective of what we as believers and faith walkers can expect from God. What we know that God can do in our lives. 
But now it's time to transition. For half of the year, we spoke on what we can expect from God. Over the next 12 weeks, we are going to talk about what can God expect from us. We are now viewing the harvest not as something we are to receive, but as something we are to go and gather for the kingdom. Look at somebody and say the harvest. Twelve messages that we will share throughout the summer until after Labor Day, dealing with the harvest from the Lord's perspective. Matthew chapter 9 Verses 35 to 38 is where the first message of this series is found. And we're reading from the New International Version. Hear the reading of God's holy word. And I want to warn you that this series is to challenge us, especially this message. That's why I'm so glad you praise God, you've screamed, you've hollered, you've ran. Wait, look at somebody. Say, Don't you dare go to sleep now. You've got my permission. Hey, you see anybody nodding off. Hey, Amen. You got the pastor's permission. They just hit them in the side. If they sue you, I get a lawyer to represent you. I better not look at that because mama always get on me and say, son, you say things. You got to be careful. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Matthew chapter 9, beginning at verse 35. Jesus went through all the towns and villages, teaching in their synagogue, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom and healing every disease and sickness. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless, like sheep without a shepherd. Then Jesus said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers, somebody say the workers, but the workers, not worshipers, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. And those that love God's word said amen. amen. Quickly reach over and catch someone by the hand. Here is the first of 12 messages in this series that is entitled The Harvest. The first message is this. As you squeeze those hands, look at someone and say, help want it. Now before you sit down, before you sit down, ask somebody, can God count on you? Can he count on you? You may be seated. Help want it. I am just wondering if the Lord can count on you. Listen, I heard this the other week, a couple weeks ago, as I was preparing this message. It may have even been a month ago as I was working on the uh, background of this message. I, I thought about this. Uh, the Lord allowed me to research farmers and the challenges that farmers go through. And I ran across this, that it 
has been said that perhaps the most disheartening thing to a farmer is to watch your crop that you've worked so hard to develop. You've cultivated the ground, you've planted the seed, you've watered the ground, you've fertilized the ground. You, you took care of the weeds, destroyed the weeds that came to destroy your crop. But at the end of the day, what is so disheartening to some farmers is having done all of this to now watch your crop that is ready to be harvested die in the fields or on the vines simply because you can't find enough workers to help harvest what is ready to be harvested. Think about that. All of your hard work to watch it die because you can't find help uh, to work with you to gather in the harvest. This lack of a consistent labor force is one of the greatest concerns among many of today's farmers. In fact, many of them will tell you that one reason that they got out of farming is because it was so hard finding, quote, good help. Folk that are willing to work and help to gather in the crop. In a Farm Bureau article that was published on October the 16, 2017, the author of the article, his name is Zippy Duval. he writes these words as his assessment of how bad things are and sometimes become for farmers. Here is what he has written. Let me quote by the beginning with this, he says, and I quote, agriculture's labor shortage, calls it a labor shortage, is at a crisis level. With farmers losing crops and income because there aren't enough workers for the harvest. The author goes on to say, every year we hear stories, and listen to this, of fresh produce rotting in the fields instead of feeding people because farmers cannot find help in time. End of quote. What a heart-wrenching assess assessment of agriculture and where we are and the challenges of farmers. And so I thought about it. God allowed me to think of it from a spiritual perspective. And the Lord reminded me that it is also very, very sad from a spiritual perspective to see souls that are not being saved, people that are not being reached, lives that are not being transformed for the kingdom simply because there are not enough, and pay attention to how I say this, faithful workers that make themselves available. I didn't say sporadic, sometimes worshipers or workers. 
I did not say workers who love to work when the spotlight is on them. Faithful workers do not mind getting their hands dirty in the soil to harvest what is ready to be harvested for the kingdom. As a result, many of these wonderful souls, just like those crops in the fields, are perishing simply because there are not enough spiritual harvesters to show up in time. Because what the article said that I thought was very telling is that they can't find good help in time. See, if you come harvest when it's too late, the crop is already ruined. Amen. And so it is a sad commentary when we see folk that are out there crying for some kind of spiritual guidance, that are pleading uh, for some kind of genuine relationship that goes beyond some temporary feel-good physical relationship. Uh, as a result of, of, of what is going on in the world today, there are so many people, listen to this, and I thought this was very interesting, Reverend Hadgrave, uh, that, that there are so many people that are ready for spiritual fulfillment, but yet not, listen to this, not choosing the church as the vehicle to go get it. They have become uh, saddened enough. They've become disillusioned by the church structure, organizations, and by folk backbiting and fighting and, 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 and all kind of strife and division. And, and we are leaving souls on the vine, Ooh, dying, allowing the enemy to capture them while we debate our denominational differences. I'm preaching now. While we are so concerned uh, with little things that really don't matter. Uh, you see this later in the text when we get to the text. And, and, and yet we show up. We don't mind shouting, praising God. But when it comes to helping someone get a better relationship, it comes to helping young people achieve quality education or helping young men who perhaps know no man in their life, have never had, have never had an experience of a male living in their home, uh, that, that is sad. When we are more concerned with dressing up and looking good, then we are reaching out and saving souls. Listen to this statistic. George Bonner, the noted and acclaimed spiritual and religious researcher, writes this. He says, 59% of all millennials who grew up in the church have at some point dropped out. And he goes on to say many of them claim to be seeking a greater level of spirituality while admitting they have no directions or plan for their lives. In other words, the harvest is there. 
There are young people that are seeking all kinds. Of, and if you, if you aren't careful, the enemy will fill that void. If you aren't careful where, where there is no proper guidance, the enemy sends iconic public figures to whisper into their ears. And you get young people that are, that are fooling around with Illuminatis and they're fooling around with all kinds of spiritual things and, and, and looking to folk that they ought not look to for spiritual guidance, not knowing that they're just entertainers that are becoming wealthy on our spiritual hunger for something greater. I'm preaching to somebody. Somebody say the harvest. There are those who feel a sense of emptiness and they're looking for fulfillment. However, unfortunately, they are looking in all the wrong places and among all the wrong people. Some people go to their concert, enjoy their music, but don't go to them for spiritual advice. There are some folk that you can see perform, but you've got to understand that you don't take their advice for how you want to live your life. We've got to be able to separate the performers and the users from those who really want to genuinely help you become better. And let me confess that there are some performers in the church and across the pulpit. There are some folk who are more concerned with building their digital footprint than spreading the gospel. They're more concerned with how many social media followers they have than they are in transforming somebody's life. More concerned with selling books and tapes than winning souls for the kingdom. We have gotten to the point right now that there are some people who have put a price tag on the anointing and they use a God-given gift to do nothing but build their own earthly kingdoms. But I stopped by Atlas Road on the first Sunday in June in the year 2018 to declare that the devil is a liar and Satan, we're going to tear your kingdom. We're going to tear it down. Although it may be bad, and although we have looked at the problems, however, sometimes humanity's problems are often God's opportunities. <laughs> Where we have a problem, God says, I see an opportunity. Where we may say there, there's a need, God says, I see an opportunity to step in and all I need would be some genuine folk that are willing to let their light so shine where men may see their good works and glorify their father in heaven and not worry about taking credit or glory for themselves. One true sign of a false prophet is that they promote themselves and I often say one of the best cliches I ever heard was, and I hate to quote this team because y'all know how I feel about the Cowboys. Carlos, but uh, Jimmy Johnson, former coach of the Cowboys, said it's a bad team when the team is the cheerleader. 
When if you have, and what he says, he says, get a good team and you'll find good cheerleaders. But when, when, when you've got preachers that are their own cheerleaders and, 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 and they always promote themselves and beware in this digital age of YouTube and, YouTube and, and, and Facebook and everybody now got a, 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 a studio. God help us. All you need is an iPhone and, and, and you got a studio. You can sit in your living room and you can produce your own worship service and you can give yourself a title or you can call yourself apostle, bishop or whoever you want. And nobody ever checks your credentials because you say who you are doesn't mean that you are who you say you are. That's why I rarely watch or listen to anybody that I don't know. Because life is so limited and there's so many things in the airways that there's some stuff I don't even want to enter my psyche. There's some words from some people I don't even want to entertain because I don't want to give the devil a foothold in my life. Thank you, Mother Josephine Anderson. That reminded us, don't let the devil ride. Because if you let them ride, y'all don't know anything about that. Y'all too sedity and uppity. But if you let them ride, old time song, he'll surely want to drive. <laughs> Look at somebody say, don't even let him in your car. Don't, don't even let him enter your mind. Don't, don't even entertain any thoughts from the enemy. You need to rebuke him from the onset and say to him, you have no place in my life. Then I, I, I'm available for the Lord. And how many of you, you know, you can't entertain foolishness. And so this is an incredible opportunity for the kingdom. But the question is, are there faithful workers that the Lord can count on? Folk that are willing to promote the kingdom over their own agenda. Folk that says, I don't care who gets the credit as long as God gets the glory. Folk that do not get upset if they don't call your name. You don't need a particular seat in the church. You'll sit wherever you need to because you came to fill your tank so you can go out and touch somebody's life. As we transition to the text, let us turn to the text and hear what Jesus says concerning the need for faithful spiritual workers. Our text occurs in what is perhaps one of the greatest chapters in all of the gospel. I love this one chapter because in this one chapter, Jesus performs four miracles along with calling Matthew, a notorious tax collector, to be one of his disciples. Jesus heals a man who is paralyzed. Jesus goes on to heal a woman with an issue of blood for 12 long years on his way to raising a 12-year-old from the dead. Jesus heals two blind men who were blind and mute. And in the middle of all of that, he finds a notorious sinful tax collector and say, I am going to invite you into my inner circle. The religious leaders did not like this 
Because Jesus was doing something that they would never do. He associated himself with sinners. Sat down, ate with Matthew, and invited others to come and dine with them. Because Jesus knew that his mission on earth was too short to be concerned about their hang-ups. Jesus knew that he had a goal to reach those that were lost. He did not come to establish another sorority or fraternity or country club. We got enough folk with colors. Come on, somebody. But he came to establish something greater than purple and gold and black and gold and pink and green and red and white. He came to establish the blood of Jesus because he, he says that life is transforming people that are lost. And so Jesus, the great I am, in the text we hear of Jesus' compassion for those who are often abused and overlooked. Look at verse 36 of the text. It says that when he saw the crowd, listen to this, when he saw the crowd, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. The message Bible says his heart was broken. The Amplified Bible says he was moved with pity and sympathy because he saw people bewildered and yet those who were not concerned with doing anything other than arguing about foolishness. If you don't believe me, look at the text in verse 14 of the text. Matthew chapter 9 verse 14 jumps out to me like a sore thumb. Let me put it in some context for you. Jesus had to this point performed miracles. He healed the man who was paralyzed, woman with the issue of blood, on his way to raise a dead girl uh, from her dead state, and healing somebody who was blind and mute. And verse 14, look at verse 14. In the middle of all of this, here comes John the Baptist's disciples. You would think they would come, Pastor Lawson, to say, we are so proud of what you are doing. Master, we, we, we thank the world of you so much. But in the midst of this, Matthew chapter 9, verse 14, the NIV translation says this. Then John's disciples came and asked Jesus of all the things they could have asked Jesus. Why didn't they ask him, how can we help you out? Help us do what you are doing. Help us to help more people. But they lose themselves in the ridiculous, stupid argument of theology. And they get so consumed about what other believers are not doing, they forget the miracles they have just witnessed. Can I preach they are so John disciples came and asked him, how is it that we and the Pharisees fast more often than your disciples? Look at somebody and say, really? Come on, y'all. Really? Of all the things going on around you, 
you bother Jesus on his way to performing another and more miracles about how come other folk don't fast like you fast. Of all the things we got to be concerned about, the church gets so involved in how were you baptized and when were you baptized and y'all know all kind of folk go to the church and I know what folks say. Uh, Bible will let anybody in and I go, really? Somebody had the unmitigated gall to stop me the other day and they just, they just picked the wrong time to get on me because I wasn't feeling too good, Chip, and I just said, you don't want to talk about this now. And they said to be having on my way out of the gym, this religious person said, I need to talk to you to drop something in your spirit. I don't know if you heard about it, but I just want to let you know what people said. They say, by the way, let homosexuals go to church. And I tried my best. I'm just, y'all leave me alone. It's hot. I've been working out. It's Monday. I've preached three times on Sunday. And he wouldn't leave me alone. Pastor, what is it about that? Why y'all let all kind of people go? I said, wait a minute. Hold on for just one minute. Hold on for just one. You got the unmitigated goal to talk to me about folk coming to church, trying to get better, and you're more concerned about somebody and what they're going through. Get your nappy head, lays itself up, and you go find somebody. Y'all excuse me, I told you I'm going to be raw on this series. And I looked at him on my way out and said, and just for the record, tell him you heard it from the pastor. Yes, they're welcome. Anybody is welcome. Come as you are. And if you find a crackhead, bring him too. And if you find a prostitute, go get her too. And with your hypocritical lying self, you ought to come. Don't waste my time with useless theological arguments that don't help anybody. They had the gall to say to Jesus, how come your people don't fast like we do? And in the meantime, four miracles have happened. One tax collector has been converted. You would think they would be praising God. And I'm here to let you know, don't you get so caught up into spiritual and biblical arguments that you miss the mission. It broke Jesus' heart. To hear this line of questioning broke Jesus' heart. And so Jesus looks over the crowd and see the multitude. And see how helpless they are. And then the text uses the word, and they have been harassed by people who wanted to use them for their own gain. And Jesus sees these ministers of John the Baptist somehow forgot about the mission. And not concerned about helping those that are in need, but are wasting precious time arguing useless arguments about something that doesn't help anybody. 
And Jesus looks over the crowd and he says, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Jesus is referring to the harvest as a great multitude of people that are looking for something better in their lives. Men and women, young and old, who need to experience the transformation power of the gospel. However, Jesus sadly pointed out that although the harvest is ready to be claimed for the kingdom, there are only a few who seem to be willing to go to work and gather the harvest. They'd rather debate about who fasts the most. Can I preach? We've got folk debating about whether or not you are Baptist, Methodist, Pentecostal. Which one of you all going to heaven? Surprising thing that you keep doing what you're doing. None of y'all are going. Heaven will be full of folk that you would be surprised to see. And you'll miss folk that you thought you would see. And Jesus heart was broken and he points out that there are so many people that are willing and ready to be one for the kingdom he is looking for good workers harvesters those that are willing to do whatever God asks them to do those that are willing to go wherever God wants them to go those that are willing to witness to whoever God asks them to witness to, I don't care how they smell, how they look, where they've come from. You, you can, in, in fact, I tell folk all the time, if you've just been released from prison, make your way to the church. There's a place for you. We, we can't afford to judge you because but by the grace of God, that could be in us. The Lord is looking for workers who are willing to embrace those who feel alone. Reach those that others have given up on and to love those who feel unlovable. The question, my brothers and sisters, is this. Are you available? Look at somebody and say, are you available? He's looking for those who are completely sold out to the Lord's purpose. He's looking for those who are willing to put God's plan above their own desires. Jesus said there's so much work to be done so many people that are looking for fulfillment question is they're looking for genuine people who can witness to them and share the goodness of the lord none of us are perfect and we all have our faults and it's not so bad sometimes to talk about where god has brought you from and what god has done in your life just let me make sure i'm in the right place is there anybody in here that used to be something now, I have not said what your something was. I, I only, only about 50 or 60 of you stood up. I guess the rest of you ain't never been anything but good. It, is there anybody in here at some point in your life was something? That something may have been an alcoholic. That something may have been an adulterer. That, that, that something may have been a murderer or a liar. Whatever it was. You used to be something, but God. Look at somebody and say, but God. Oh, put your hands on your heart and say, I'm a living witness of what the Lord can do. Look no further than to look at your life and consider where God has brought you from. And if it has
had not been for the Lord that was on your side, you don't have time to play church. You don't have time to look cute. But you came to show somebody else this is what the Lord can do. He has brought me from a mighty long ways. Pick me up and turn me around. God has been good to me. Is there a witness in here that will give God your best praise for your personal deliverance? Come on. Come on, somebody. Just clap those hands and say, Lord, I thank you. I could have died on the vine. I could have rotten in the fields. But God saw fit to give me another chance. And if the truth be told, if God had not made a way out of nowhere, some of you would still be alcoholics and fornicators and liars and adulterers. But God... Come on, somebody, shout, but God. Any witnesses can show somebody what the Lord can do. Oh, I, I need just a handful of folk that say, God's been good to me and turned my life around and should have been dead, sleeping in my grave. But God made a way out of nowhere. Leave your seat and touch two people and say, but God, but God, but God. Oh, come on, Zion. You are looking at a miracle. You are looking at a miracle. If you knew my story, if you knew where the Lord has brought me from, if you knew how good God has been to me, if you knew how many people wrote you off, but God, somebody know that God's been good to you. Come on, Zion. I invite you to give God your best prayer. I heard somebody say he didn't have to do it, but he did. Didn't have to do it, but he did. I'm so glad. That I serve a God of a second chance. Come on, church. Let the church say yeah. Say yeah. Give God a praise. He reached way down. He reached way down to save you. Come on, somebody. You haven't always been like you are now. Somebody know God had to reach way down. God had to do something phenomenal, miraculous, just to save you. You've got 30 seconds to give him your best prayer. tell somebody I've got to tell somebody anybody had to tell somebody anybody know God's been good to you you've got to share it with somebody you've got to tell somebody this is what God can do this is a living example of what God can do 
finally. Listen to this. Stand to your feet. Finally, Jesus concludes this text in verse 38 with these words. I need you to listen to this. The New Living Translation puts it this way. Verse 38, the New Living Translation. So pray. I'll wait until they get it on the board. I want you to see it. So pray to the Lord who is in charge of the harvest. Please look at somebody and say, this is not your harvest. These are not your people. For every preacher out there that think you got a church, the devil is a liar. To everybody who thinks you've got members, <laughs> the devil is a liar. So pray to the Lord who is in charge of the harvest. Harvest belong to the Lord. Look at the last clause of verse 38. Ask him to send more workers into his field. You just don't send anybody. You ask God who to send. You ask God to send. See, the problem is the church has been sending folk out and not the Lord. <laughs> There's a difference when God sends you out. Ask him to send more workers into his field. The harvest belonged to the Lord. And the workers he's looking for must come from him. Here's my challenge to you on this first Sunday in June. Are you available? Look at somebody and say, are you available? I'm not talking about to be a deacon. We've got enough of the 75 plus. We've got more preachers than what we can count. Amen. I'm not talking about somebody to be another preacher, to get another credential. In fact, I was on the verge of having a moratorium, not giving away no more license. Amen. Say, we got enough. Because until folk come to the realization that I can do what I can do without a title. If you're waiting on a title to do God's work, then you're not the one. <laughs> because God's looking for folk who can do it without a title and without recognition. And if the pastor needs to call your name, look at somebody and say, you're not the one. <laughs> God is looking for somebody to go into the hedges and the highways that bless young people, help send young people to college, camp, to do the things that God has called you to do. Some of the greatest givers and helpers in this ministry are folk that you would never know their name. They do not sit in seats of prominence, but they worship the Lord. There are some folk that even when we tried to recognize them, and I love this so much, they say, Pastor, don't do it. We don't even want our name called because we're doing this for the kingdom. 
I'm done. Come back on Tuesday and we have three key points that we want to share with you. But listen to the words of Milton Brunson. The song says, Lord, I'm available to you. If you're here this day and you want to be available for God to use you, to be that light that sitteth on a hill, if you want more strength, more courage, if you want God to direct your path in the right direction, you want God to help you make the right decisions, leave your seat, walk down the aisle. The song said, you gave me my hand to reach out to man, to show him your love, your perfect plan. You gave me, Lord, my ears. I can hear your voice so clear. I can hear the cries of sinners, but can I wipe away their tears? You gave me my voice to speak your word, to sing all your praises to those who never heard, but with my eye I see, I see the need for more availability. I've seen the hearts that have been broken. So many people need to be free. Lord, I'm available to you. My will I give to you. I do what you say do. Woo. Listen to this. Use me, Lord. Show someone the way. Enable me to say. I love this. You've got to empty your storage and make room for the Lord. You've got to clean out the mess that's in your life so that you can be used by the Lord. My storage is empty and I am available to you. That's right. In the balcony, wherever you are, walk down those stairs, come stand at this altar. See, here's the thing. God's not looking for ability. He's looking for availability. Because there are people with ability and not available that would do no good for the kingdom. But God says, if you are available, I'll give you the ability. The question this day is, are you available? As the choir blesses us with this song, wherever you are, come, let us touch and agree today. On this day, come on, this is between you and God. I would not care about what people think about you coming to the altar. That's right. God wants to use you. <laughs> so many people need to be touched and delivered. Ooh. Yeah, yeah. Ah, yeah. Ooh, sing quiet, yeah. To speak your word. God has blessed you to sing. 
to those who never hurt but with my eye I see the need for more so many people everybody lift those hands and say Lord I'm I'm not perfect but I'm available my will I give to you I'll do what you say do use me Lord to show someone and enable Woo. oh I love this part just wave those hands and say my storage Woo. I've made room for you Lord it's not easy I've made room I come to church because I made a way to come I serve you because I've made a way to come Ooh, yes. listen I'm giving back to you all the tools you gave me lift those hands and say my hands my ears my voice my eyes I've emptied out my cup so that you can fill it up Lord sing choir now I'm free I just want more available somebody tell the Lord Lord the harvest is plentiful my will I'll do what Yeah, yeah. Somebody close those eyes and say, Lord, my storage. Somebody make yourself available. My storage is empty, Lord. I, I've cleaned it out. I've cleaned it out, Lord. Here I am, Lord. I don't care what they say about me. I know you've called me to do something. Uh, my storage. Come on in. Come on and tell them again. Oh, yeah, yeah. Here I am, Lord Jesus. My storage. And I am. I'm available to you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, 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 hey. Yes, Lord. My storage is empty. Here I am, and I 
told me to do something to this next generation of millennials. You have such an incredible opportunity. God's going to use you to turn this world upside down. Do me a favor. Everybody in here that's under 40, just raise your hands. Just look at this. Come on on. Pan the camera to see this. Look at, look at these under, all in the balcony. Look at all in, look at, ooh. Look what God is doing. Look, look, look what the, and the reason I did that because they would have you believe that you don't exist anymore. And you have no desire to work for the kingdom. You could have been home in your bed. You could have watched the service on the internet. You, you could have a hangover from last night. But you've chosen to be here. And, and I touch and agree. I, I, I pronounce, raise your hands again. Everybody under 40, I want to touch and agree before we pray right now. I, I, I want to pronounce God's divine blessing on you and all of these young people that are up here and serving. I, I, God bless you in a special way. God, God use you to change your generation. You don't have to do it the way we do it, but just do it the way God has asked you to do it. Let God use you in a mighty way. Amen. Clap your hands. Give God a hand to praise. Everybody catch someone by the hand. Let us pray. Come on in. My storage is empty. This is your moment. Ah, yeah, yeah. Listen, one of the greatest stories I ever heard was of Dr. Martin Luther King. He was, at the time, a millennial, even before the term was existed. He was sitting in the back of the church, and they were talking about the fact that there needs to be a bus boycott. They said, we need somebody to lead the boycott. Dr. King said he just came because he was the new pastor in that city. And he said he was sitting there, and God spoke to him and says, why not you, Martin? Why not you, Martin? Ooh. And he said he had every excuse in the world. I've got a young family. I just got out of graduate school. I'm a new pastor in this area. And God said, but I've called you for such a time as this. You know the rest of the story. Because of one man's availability, whew, civil rights movement was birthed. Because of one man's availability, history was shaped and changed. I don't know what your challenges are, but I know this, you can't do it if you're not available. <laughs> Question is, will you make yourself available for what God is calling you to do? Let us pray. Lord, we thank you. We bless you. We honor you. Thank you for this series. We ask that you guide us throughout these summer months, these weeks, 
to preach this message. Thank you, Lord, for you for you challenge us. You've asked me to do this, and I am obedient to you. Somebody needs to know that the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. On this first Sunday, we declare to you, we are available to do what you've asked us to do, to go where you want us to go, to touch who you want us to touch. Help us to touch those that feel unlovable. Help us to embrace those that feel as if there's no place for them in the church. Remind us not to get so caught up into useless and meaningless theological debates and we miss the harvest. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. The harvest is more important than the debate. Help us to go out to win the harvest for you. This is our mission. Our commitment is that we are available. In your name we pray and give thanks. And those who know it is so said amen. 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 Put your arms around somebody and says, I am available. Are you available? Anyone want to give their life to the Lord? If you want to join the church, if you, if you want to make that commitment this Sunday, come on, meet us at the altar or take one of the cards. Take a card or meet us at this altar. Amen. Wherever you are, come on. You can make that decision today. Just get one. Eh? Come on. Just wait for a minute before you leave. My storage. God is calling you wherever you are. Amen. Get a card and meet us at the altar. That's right. God is speaking to you. My storage. My storage is empty. Here I am. As the choir softly sing, if you would notice that you've been given a special card, it should be in your, either in the back of your pew or ushers will have one. This is our campaign for the summer. It's called Each One Reach One. And on the back is the harvest. And here's what God has asked me. You can be seated for a moment. Here's what God has asked me to do. God says, I want you to challenge everyone that's under the sound of your voice that in the next 12 weeks, find someone that you can reach and share your faith and share the good news of the gospel. And God made it so clear to me that this is not about church membership. So much that God has made it clear. God said, this is your responsibility to minister to them. And if they never come the Bible way, that's all right. But if they are introduced to the power of the gospel. Whew. And so get one of these cards. And when you have reached someone, and maybe you reach more than one, amen, fill it out. Amen. Keep a record for yourself to remind yourself this is your responsibility. God wants to know if you are available this summer to reach one. Amen. To reach one. The reason I ask you to sit down because 
God told me to do this. Didn't I get a chance to do it at eight? But if you want to accept this challenge with me, we're not asking you for any money, not asking you for anything. Just to the best of your ability, you will try to reach one person in 12 weeks. If you want to stand with me on that, just stand to your feet as we say the song again. Come on, that's storage. Get a card. If you didn't have a card, just, just wave your hands. The ushers will get it to you. Just lift those hands, ushers and deacons and ministers. Get it. My storage. As Pastor Matt come to lead us into communion. That's each one reach one. From the pastor down to every. This is my card that's going in my pocket. And I'm going to accept the challenge. Somebody, they, they could be right in your house. They, they can be your beautician. They, they can be uh, your dry cleaners person. They, they, who, whoever it is, and we don't need you to proselyte them. And if they know the Lord, then that's fine. But just encourage somebody.